Do you ever get pain at your very low back and maybe even down into your hip? And sometimes it's sharp shooting pain. Sometimes it's deep throbbing pain. What might this be? And what can you do about it to feel relief from that pain today? Hey friend, my name is Megan Dahlman. As a certified trainer and nutrition coach, I'm on a mission to change the conversation around fitness, nutrition, and taking care of ourselves as moms. If you're tired of restrictive fad diets and all or nothing workouts, in a culture that tries to sell you the lie that your value is tied to the number on the scale, then you're in the right place. I'm here to equip and encourage you to take simple steps towards the healthy life you want for yourself and the people you love. Welcome to Self-Care Simplified. A few years ago, I think it was the week of Thanksgiving, and I remember I was cleaning the house, getting ready for company, and Scott, my husband, was outside. He was working in the yard. He was moving these big log rounds, and he was just bending over to pick them up and then turning and tossing them off to the side. Well, in the middle of one of these lift, turn, and toss moments, he felt a little pop like at his low back and immediately had excruciating pain. And he hobbled inside nearly in tears and explained to me what happened. And everything around that area instantly seized up. He could barely move. And for the next three days, he was almost bedridden. Like to get out of bed, I had to help lift him up. And he was like almost in tears. Super unfortunate situation. But the silver lining was that he's married to me. (laughs) And I've literally written the program on back and hip pain. And the more I figured out, you know, as he was explaining everything to me and pointing to exactly where he had felt that pop and what movements hurt, I could actually tell that he had probably sprained his SI joint. And I'll explain that more in a minute, but there's a slightly different story that I wanna share, but they're kind of related. So I have a friend named Melinda that has always complained about hip pain. When she describes it to me, it's sometimes a throbbing pain, sometimes feels tingly, sometimes it's just this dull ache in her entire glute area, sometimes it goes down her leg. It all started years ago when she was pregnant and it just has never really gone away. 20 years later, her oldest is 20 years old and she has just been living with this. So what I think Melinda is dealing with is sciatica. So these are slightly different things and both can cause excruciating pain at your low back, your hip, and even down your leg. And if this sounds similar or if it resonates with you and it sounds like something that you've been dealing with, oh friend, man, you can start to feel desperate, right? It hurts so bad and maybe maybe you start to get a little confused about it too because it can feel like nothing you try works. You're not quite sure what to pinpoint, what's going on. And I've I've personally I've experienced that SI joint pain and it is horrible. You can't sit without being in really bad pain, having to ride in the car or sit on an airplane or something for any amount of time. It's absolutely awful and it can ruin your life. You're you're not able to be active like you want to be. You're scared to do movements. Your motivation to do anything healthy goes down the drain. And just that chronic stress of being in pain all the time really takes a toll on your body in all sorts of ways. So if you've been confused and desperate about what's going on at your low back and kind of in your hip, you're not alone at all. 
SI joint dysfunction is one of the most common causes of low back pain, and it accounts for 15 to 30% of all cases. We're not quite sure exactly, Um, but even though it is such a large portion of the chronic low back pain issues out there, it's so overlooked and often underdiagnosed. Because of that, it's just not treated properly. Now, sciatica is a slightly different thing, and it's one of the most common yet misunderstood types of pain, and as many as 40% of people will get it during their life. And it actually becomes more frequent as you age, probably because of all the things I'm going to explain to you of what you can do to get rid of sciatica. You realize these are all things that we kind of stop doing as we get older. So people who suffer from like acute or chronic low back pain tend to be more susceptible to sciatica. So a lot of this hip and low back pain, it goes hand in hand. And many women that I've trained through this issue didn't realize what what was actually the true source of their pain. They just felt this achiness at their low back, occasionally some deep hip pain, and thought they might have a low back issue or maybe even disc problems, which which could be part of it, but it might not be the full picture. So let's talk about what could be going on here and then what you can do about it. So what is it? What is the SI joint first? I want to look at that SI joint pain. So if you have pain and achiness at your very low back, but it's off to the side a little bit, almost like it's at the very top of your hip, this is often your sacroiliac joint. Okay, that spot right there where it's not actually on your spine, it's off to the side of your spine just a touch and right at the base of your back, that's probably your sacroiliac joint or your SI joint. And this is a joint that like, Every joint on your body is held together with a ligament. It connects your pelvis to a spot at the base of your spine called your sacrum. And when that ligament, that connective tissue gets damaged, it's called a sprain. Versus you've heard of the word strain. A strain is what happens to tendons. A sprain is what happens to ligaments. So when Scott, my husband, like really hurt his SI joint really bad. I figured, you know, without a formal diagnosis, I'm like, you probably sprained those ligaments right there that are holding that joint together. So this particular joint, unlike a lot of joints on your body, it's actually not designed to move very much at all. It's supposed to only have about two to four millimeters of movement in any direction, whether that's flexing or twisting or rolling forward. Put your hand up for a second. Create two to four millimeters. Like I have that right now. It's like the tiniest amount. So this is not a joint that's supposed to be mobile or flexible or supposed to be mobilized. So if anybody's saying you need to mobilize your SI joint, they don't know what they're talking about because this joint is not supposed to be mobilized. You can sometimes pop it, but that's not really something that you should do a lot. And the pain that you might feel at this joint is usually because too much movement is happening. So like when you're pregnant, often what happens when we're pregnant and for pretty much all of us, is that you get that joint laxity. We have a hormone that flows through our body that causes our ligaments to relax for this purpose so that our pelvis can flex. But because it's flexing, we're getting that pain at that SI joint because it's not really meant to flex or move that much, okay? 
So that's kind of the SI joint. The sciatic nerve or sciatica is a little different. Many people with sciatica describe it as having sometimes this electric shooting down their hip, maybe a deep throbbing in their hip socket, and maybe even just pain from their low back, like down their hip and glutes and down into their leg. It feels like really deep and inside the hip and down the leg. So this is not a joint at all. It's a nerve. This is your sciatic nerve. In fact, it's the longest and thickest nerve in your body. It's about the thickness of a finger. It's huge. And it comes out of your spine kind of off to the side of your spine, right at your low back and, and off of that sacrum too. So it's, it's traveling down your hip right behind that SI joint that I just described. And it's traveling through the muscles in your hip socket and down the leg. And this nerve can be really painful if it's getting pinched, if it's getting compressed, if it's being irritated in along any point of the way. And sometimes that nerve can get compressed right up at the spine with a herniated or bulged disc, but often it's getting compressed in the hip socket and having really tense and inflamed deep hip muscles like the piriformis muscle, it can compress the nerve. And you'll hear me mention that piriformis muscle sometimes. It's actually a very small muscle, and this is one of those little hip muscles that the sciatic nerve will travel through. Okay, it kind of lies underneath your big glutes. It's, it's a really small muscle. So SI joint dysfunction and sciatica are not the same thing. But very often the reason that you're experiencing them is from the same kind of problem that's kind of exacerbating all of it. And you might have one of them or the other, you know, or you might have both. You might even have your issue start with something and turn into something else because they're all closely related. I know a lot of people that get piriformis syndrome, a kind of like irritation in that piriformis muscle and it turns into sciatica because it's compressing on that nerve and then because everything is really tense and tight it pulls your SI joint <laughs> out so here's the big answer to the question you want to know what can you do about it this is what you really want to know okay stop for just a second is your core a hot mess right now I know that's kind of a personal question, but if you feel like your core muscles are squishy and they can't fire and you feel like they're just non-existent and maybe even because of that, you've been experiencing back pain and posture issues and just this general lack of confidence in your body, then I want to invite you to join me for my free five-day core tune-up mini course. You know, unfortunately, most other core training strategies out there just target your abs and give you a ton of high burn ab exercises that end up hurting you in the long run. So I want to show you something completely different. In my five-day core tune-up mini course, I'm going to lead you through the exact movements that your entire core needs to engage properly and function at its best. We're going to do it in less than 10 minutes a day, 
with no equipment needed. So by the end of these five days, you will feel your core muscles, you'll feel your hips and your glutes, and you'll even have this arsenal of knowledge and body awareness for how to adjust the posture of your core throughout the day. And most importantly, you'll finally experience hope for your core again. Five Day Core Tune-Up is entirely free. I just want to give it to you. So just go to fivedaycore.com to sign up and I will send you the day one video right away. I will drop that link in the show notes too. Strong Core, here you come. So if you're experiencing either SI joint pain or sciatica or you're just not sure, you know, it's just kind of in the general area, one day you feel it in your low back, maybe a little off to the side. Another day you might feel it like deep up into your hip. Here are some simple things that you can do for relief that will work nine times out of 10, especially if you do them consistently. You can't just do it like one time and expect the whole issue to resolve. It's something that you kind of need to stay on top of all the time. Okay. So the first thing I need you to do, no matter what issue you're dealing with we need to get your hips level all right a tipped or tilted pelvis will place torque on your SI joint and may even pinch that nerve more so I want you to think symmetry so don't sit with your legs crossed if you have an irritated SI joint or an irritated sciatic nerve okay don't sit with your legs crossed don't stand with one hip cocked out to the side like we do if you are holding a baby on one hip. Don't slouch to the side when you're sitting in your chair in the evenings. Like don't lean on one arm. Like sit straight. You can even prop your legs with pillows while you sleep if you need to. I talked about that back on episode 240 where we were talking about sleep. And one of the big issues with sleep is you get that discomfort in your hip <laughs> and that's a lot of it and if you just prop your knees with pillows you can place a knee or pillow between your knees this can keep your hips lined up okay so think symmetry and then I want you to learn how to do pelvic tilts okay where you kind of tuck your tailbone under and then arch your tailbone out to the side and, and play with that throughout the day so that you can kind of find the position that gives you the most relief. For myself, I tend to overarch at my low back. So my pelvis is kind of tipped forward. And I find that if I'm in that position for too long, it really puts a lot of pressure on my SI joint and my low back in general. So I find if I tuck my pelvis under and bring my pelvis more towards level, it relieves a lot of that pain. So I want you to start playing with that throughout the day. You can do it while you're standing at the sink. You can do it while you're walking even and paying attention to, okay, if I tuck my pelvis for the next block, how does that feel? If I arch my pelvis for the next block, how does that feel? Like find the position that gives you the most relief, okay? The final thing I want you to think about about getting your hips level is try to not sit for too long. All right, because inevitably... When you're just sitting, you're not your your hips just aren't going to be well aligned. It doesn't even matter like how ergonomically set up your your system is. It's just not going to be ideal because your your hips are at a 90 degree angle. All right, we got to straighten you out. All right. So that's the first thing that you can do about it. Just get your hips level. The second thing 
is I want you to stretch out the right spots. We just, we can't go in there and just stretch willy nilly. All right. Stretching your low back is not going to help anything. What you need to do is stretch your hip flexors first. All right. So the hip flexors are on the front of your hip. That's like the top of your thigh, the front of your hip. When those muscles are tight, it pulls on your pelvis, which puts pressure on your SI joint, which in turn is going to put pressure on the sciatica nerve and some of those deep hip muscles, okay? So let's stretch out the hip flexors. You can do this just by getting one knee down on the floor as if you're in a proposal position, like you're proposing. Tuck your tailbone down and press your hips forward a little bit and you're going to feel a good stretch down the front of your hip flexor. Okay, we got to stretch out the hip flexors. The second thing I want you to stretch out are your hamstrings, the backside of your thigh. All right, when these muscles are tight, once again, it's going to pull and tug and yank on your pelvis. And then the hip rotators. These are those deep hip muscles like that piriformis muscle that I talked about. It's not that these muscles need to be long, okay, like your hip flexor and your hamstrings, they need to have an appropriate amount of length. These deep hip rotator muscles just shouldn't have so much tension on them, all right? So I want you to do like the figure four stretch every day. That figure four stretch where you just take your ankle and cross it over your knee, make sure you have your hip kind of tipped out behind you, don't be slumped under, tip your hip out behind you and then lean forward gently. That's going to release some of that tension on that piriformis muscle because remember, your sciatic nerve runs through that muscle. And if it's really tense, it's probably squeezing (laughs) the nerve. And then another thing that you can do, which is kind of like advanced level, is something called nerve glides um, for your sciatic nerve. I'm not going to go into that because they're a little bit tricky. And I say only go there if all of this other stuff is not working because it's a little trickier to do. Okay, so stretch your hip flexors, stretch your hamstrings, stretch your hip rotators. That's going to help a lot. So that's the second thing is stretching out. The final thing is strengthening your glutes. We got to get you some stronger glutes, my friend. Oh my goodness. A lot of that nerve compression is because those tiny hip muscles, that piriformis I've been talking about, these are those muscles that surround your nerve and they're getting overworked because your glutes aren't strong enough. It's like David is doing the job of Goliath. (laughs) David's a pretty awesome guy, but Goliath should like pull his weight, right? That's your glute. We got to get your glute to do the job. Also, if your SI joint is the issue, that joint surrounding that joint with more glute muscles is going to help stabilize it. So things like bridges, clamshells and even hip hinging motions where you're just hinging at the hips and then using your glutes to pull you back up to vertical if you do those properly really 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 good glute work we also need to get your deep core muscles strong those deep abdominals so you've probably heard of something called the transverse abdominus TVA muscle if you're in the know. Um, This is just kind of like a deep layer of core muscles and you can just train these deep core muscles by working, laying on your back, doing a pelvic tilt and exhaling firmly 
You can progress this one and make it a little bit more challenging by adding arm and leg movements and turning it into something like a dead bug is what we like to call it. And then eventually doing maybe even some planks and side planks. So all of these things are going to really help train those deep abdominal muscles, which are going to stabilize your pelvis a lot more. And then your pelvic floor. A lot of your pelvic floor muscles attach on your femur. In fact, the piriformis muscle has a little neighbor muscle to it called the obturator. And that obturator is one of your pelvic floor muscles too. So they're like everything is connected in there. And incorporating pelvic floor engagement when you do your other core exercises is a really great way to train your core in its entirety. And one simple way that you can do it is that as you're exerting Whenever you do a bridge, like let's say you're on your back, you're going to do a bridge, you squeeze your glutes before you lift up into a bridge. In that same moment, what you can do is do a Kegel motion with your pelvic floor, like squeeze your pelvic floor together and then up and in. And that is going to help coordinate all of your core muscles, not just your big visual ones. Okay. So we've got the strengthening. That's that third and final piece. So we did getting your hips level, making sure that that posture of your pelvis is good, stretching all the right spots and strengthening everything. Now, if this is sounding familiar to you, (laughs) it's because it's the PSF framework, my friend, that I talk about a lot. It's posture, strength, flexibility. If you want to get rid of this pain in your hip, in your deep hip, your sciatica, it's not enough to just fix your posture. It's not enough to just stretch. It's not enough to do a bunch of strengthening work. You have to have it all. But when you do it all together, the issue and the pain seems to almost magically resolve. And the good news is that even if the sciatica issue is stemming from a bulging or herniated disc at your low back, these methods will help that too. You can't go wrong. And I've, I've literally seen MRIs of herniated discs that have reduced to near normal levels with the right type of core training. It's crazy. And it might seem like it, but it's, it's not a miracle. It's just good training that works. And, you know, going back to that story about Scott and when he sprained his SI joint, the the thing that we did immediately because it was like acute pain, right? I just needed him to get to relax the muscles. So we did a lot of painkillers to make sure that those muscles relaxed, a lot of ibuprofen. And then we put heat and ice on the area kind of back and forth to make sure things were just getting relaxed because it's that immediate like like guarding that's going to happen around the joint and we need to get it to stop doing that and then once that calmed down I helped him incorporate the good core strength making sure his posture was level when he was sitting his hips were perfectly level and then the good stretching in the hip socket to kind of help take some of that load off and it's pretty crazy because even with such a severe sprain like that within one week he felt totally normal because he did, he was doing the right things okay and you know all of this reminds me of Caroline who's a mom 
that had been experiencing deep hip socket pain and tingling down her legs for years. And it was ever since she had babies, when she was pregnant and through labor and delivery, she had that same thing I was talking about. Like her SI joint had relaxed, her sciatic nerve had a lot of pressure placed on it, and it never went back. And she suffered with it for years because she just didn't really know what was going on. And it had gotten so bad that she couldn't put her pants on without sitting down just because she couldn't stand on one leg. The pain would be so bad. But I want you to listen to this, okay? I found this clip and I want you to listen to it. Hi, Megan. I am on day 10 of the back fix and it has been amazing. It's so short and simple, but you're so concise and helpful and I love your demeanor. Um, the stabbing prickly pain, nerve pain shooting down my legs is disappearing. I'm having less of a limp because the pain isn't as strong. It was painful to touch my hips or my legs. It was painful on the inside and the outside and all of that is going away. I can, um, I can put on my pants without having to sit down because I can use my legs and my hips and I'm strong enough. I'm so excited to finish this program and actually feel better. That's so awesome, right? And I mean, I'm only sharing that with you to let you know that there's hope. You don't have to suffer anymore if this is something that's been bothering you for a long time or even a short time, okay? Whether it's SI joint pain or sciatica or some kind of deep hip pain, you're not quite sure. It's it's not something that you have to deal with or just push through. All right, so to wrap up, I always like to leave you with one simple action step that you can put into place today. And if you have any of the kind of deep hip pain or low back pain that I've been describing, I don't want you to feel like you have to do something big and scary and drastic to get rid of it. Just start paying attention to your pelvis as you go about the day and start looking into ways that you can begin strengthening your core, like I mentioned. And if you want something that's easy and removes all of the guesswork for you, just do my five-day core tune-up program. It's entirely free. You have nothing to lose. I'm going to link that for you in the show notes, all right? Listen, friend, I don't want you living with this pain anymore. You don't have to, okay? I cannot wait to meet you back here on Friday. I've got an excellent Ask Megan episode queued up for you. And until then, my friend, be strong. Be strong.